The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Welcome back, everybody. This has been a great time of the year. Sports are on an all-time high, and I got my homie here to talk about it. Reese, what up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Man, I'm chilling. That's good, man. That's good. How's the weather out there? Uh, just a 95. 95. Not with no humidity. Okay. That this is, is a, the time of year we clean out our garage, sit in the backyard, chill. So it's a little bit warmer than it was last week, right? Uh, no, last week was about, about a little same. warmer, actually. Oh, okay. It's supposed to drop tomorrow. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm over here, man, battling through another cold. Uh, Nyla brought one home from pre-K last week, so it went through everybody. Then uh, Amina caught it, so it was pretty much inv- inevitable that uh, Eric and I were going to catch it. So we're both here, you know, tissue and noses and wiping runny noses and sneezing. It's been crazy, man. I've been, uh, I've been uh, having these pains in my chest. I, I don't know if you saw uh, my 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 tweet yes yesterday. Pain in my chest, my lower back, and my inner thighs when I sneeze, like a burning sensation. Oh, I, I've had those before, where it feels like a knife stabbing you. Yeah, a knife or, or like some hot grits or something. You know, just uh, at all at the same time, I'll sneeze and, and my chest and my, and my lower back and my inner thighs start burning. So if there are any doctors out there, please let us know what's going on because I'm, I tried to do some research last night. I couldn't find anything, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned, man. Getting old. Well, Reese, now, for those of you that don't know Reese, he has always been the young old man. <laughs> Man, tell me about it. <laughs> so anyway, man, let's talk about sports. What, well, without getting away from the medical stuff, you know, that's another part of the man cave. We talk about man issues. As we get older, we have a tendency not to take care of the things that we need to take care of. So, you know, stuff like that, see a doctor, get it checked it out. Absolutely. But, uh, Get on to sports. Let's talk about the games. Which game? Let's talk about college. What did you watch? Man, you know what? It, it, it's like a blur. I watched so much football this past weekend. Uh, the one thing that really stood out to me, and it was a game that I was looking forward to, was uh, the Michigan-Northwestern game. And 
I'm on the clock saying, look, this Michigan team is for real. You know, they're, you know, they're a team to be reckoned with. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend uh, <clears throat> when um, Northwest, uh, I'm sorry, Michigan State heads into Ann Arbor on, on Saturday afternoon. Well, he's, he's doing, he has a basic bag, uh, game plan, and he sticks to it. Uh, he has no pressure on him. So it's just like he's going to get the guys, guys are smart, that are smart and, are, and tough, are tough and run the ball. Run the ball. You're going to see you're all kinds see of power. All kinds of power. Down, 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 down kick down, out. Down, kick out. Uh, you're uh, also going to see him, see him um, um, play great play defense, defense and special and teams. Special team. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely keeping it simple. And, you know, the guys have bought in. Uh, the guys have definitely bought into whatever Harbaugh is selling, and and they're playing lights out right now on both sides of the ball and special teams. So I mean, they're they're looking very very good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their their loss to at Utah was was not a bad loss. Now that we look at it, exactly. And it's at the beginning of the season, and those are th- things like that are expected. It usually takes uh, offense a little bit longer to jail and get some cohesion. Uh, saw that game. Wh- what was the other big game uh, this weekend for college? Well, you had uh, another big one was actually uh, Cal at Utah. That was late uh, Saturday so, night, which was a very good game. And there, there's some things uh, that I saw that, that I'm kind of concerned with, with uh, Utah. I, I think they're a very good team, but – if it comes down to a shootout, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can trust uh, their, their passing game. Uh, they have a great running game. They have a great offensive line. But what happens when, you know, an opposing defense, you know, puts eight, nine in a box to key in on stopping the run? You know, so I'm, 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 I'm quite sure that they are the best team in the back, Pac-12 right now, but you know they do have a couple of tests coming up, but I think most of it is most of those games are at home. Man, and on another note, dealing with college sports this week, wow! Did you ever see the time that you would see a coach at USC just fired during the season? <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing because I empathize for him, but man, I mean, when they fire you, when Pat Hayden fires you at USC, he fires you. I mean, uh, not like saying this one wasn't earned, but going back to uh, Lane Kiffin, man, that guy got fired on a on a ter- on a runway. Uh, yeah, and someone, I, and I've said this a long time ago. I'm like, why don't you try something new? You keep on trying to reinvent what Pete Carroll did, and you that no disrespect to Pete Carroll, but it was left in some turmoil with that. I mean. Why not T. Martin? He's been on all the staffs. I mean, or go out and get someone totally new. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and now that you you bring that up, um, a couple of sports talk heads have been talking about you know Hayden needing to uh, be <clears throat> be fired also because he's the one that you know went ahead and hired these guys. He didn't do his due diligence to really uh, find out, you know, if there are any issues with Sarkeesian. But uh, something that I found out this morning was that he also fired the baseball coach 
recently before the season started. So um, that, you know, I I don't know what's going on at USC. Uh, The funny thing about it, now that you mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll, um, they had the 30 for 30 Trojans on last night. I didn't catch it. Yeah, I caught part of it. I caught part of it. I did, too. I was flipping back and forth between baseball. But uh, I, I want to definitely watch that. But, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. It's not like, you know, Pete Carroll left that program in good condition, you know, anyways. So why would you want that type of regime or, or the tentacles of that regime uh, there, you know, especially after, you know, the wins were vacated, even yeah. though they were – I don't put the onus on the players. but and Which also always kind of sits – not on a good part of me when you have the programs like, for example, Penn State, you know, who had to suffer. The, when the players, when the kids suffered, that had nothing to do with some of this stuff. As an overall, I take issue with that. I mean, there has to be a way to find and punish the people that are responsible. Like, you know what, you, you know, maybe you can't work in an NCAA for, you know, you get a 20-year ban or a 10-year ban, uh, and then maybe they uh, collaborate with the NFL. Something like that has to happen, seeing that it's a farm system for the NFL. Uh, but there needs to be something where, you know, you you don't punish the innocent for the guilty. And uh, Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And then you, I mean, watching the Trojan horse, so you almost forget how well they were. So I understand too. It's like okay, they know the USC way, and you know, a lot of times when you work at a place or coached at a place, uh, like when I coached at Luther, it was the Luther way, and it was a special kind of kid that was a Luther kid. And I can look at a kid and say, you know what, he's a good athlete, but I don't think he's a Luther kid, and I don't think he'll make it there. Or, you know, when I coached at Trinity International, yeah, he's a good kid, good athlete. He's not a Trinity kid. So I get that with a college because you know your environment, you know your staff, you know what kind of fits in. And that whole Southern Cal deal, I don't know if you've ever been to L.A., it's a whole different world, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The fortunate thing is the talent pool is so rich out there. Uh, and, you know, I, I think no matter what happens, no matter who they eventually bring in as, as coach, uh, that program isn't going to suffer. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> we'll see. And then you have my boy, the old ball coach, just like deuces. I <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering I'm what's going of, on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I – Here's the thing, man, and I and I've thought about this last you know a couple of hours. I'm like, you know, if that was a player that just quit on the team, he'd be labeled a quitter. But because it's Spurrier and his history and his track record, no one's really you know there isn't a collective effort to really call him to the carpet on this for quitting on the team. Now, if there there had to have been some inside pressure, uh, like he he had to have known that maybe the boosters wanted him gone for some reason, or there was some inner grumbling that was uh, directed towards him. 
where he said, okay, forget it. If you guys want me to go, I'll leave right now. But at the same time, man, you're leaving young kids out there hanging out to dry and and just washing your hands of a program that uh, some of these kids came to just to be coached by you, regardless of the record. So, and unless he did something that was egregious, I don't see them forcing him out early. So, and someone kind of mentioned it a little bit. Uh, I think it was uh, Mike Greenberg or Mike North or Mike and um, Mike and Mike and Mike uh, Golick. Sorry. Mike Golick was just like, you know, I I would have to say I feel like he quit uh, if it was my kid. And with me, I feel the same way. You know, you ride that thing out at the end of the season, be done with it. I mean, you're the same person if, like, when people are questioning Jadavian Clowney's work ethic and, you know, almost saying exactly. he kind of get. And so we know that there is a double standard and a level of hypocrisy that takes place in this. But, you know, people need to be a little bit more honest and transparent and remove the face from what has transpired and put the label on it. So whether it's your son or someone else's, whether it's a coach or a player, you know, call the truth the truth. And in this situation, the truth is (laughs) he bailed out on them for whatever reason. Absolutely. And speaking of bailouts, be ready for Nick Saban. I, I guarantee you he'll be with the Colts after this season's over. Yeah, you've been saying that for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll see. They have a big game coming up this weekend at, at Texas A&M. So this may be the nail in the coffin of Alabama season because right now Texas A&M is playing like one of the best teams in the nation. And uh, I don't know if Alabama can put up enough points to keep up with them. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely have my eye out, out, eye out for that. And I, I remember what you said about that. So Yeah, and I watched Texas. And you know what? I I was so happy for Charlie Strong and Vance Bedford. And, hey, he he called a great defense. I mean, it was a ball game. They OU was not expecting that. So uh, we're gonna go into break and talk a little bit more football, and uh, we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're getting back to this thing, talking a little bit about football, and there's a lot going on. Uh, did On the pro side of it, what, what games did you catch, Reese? Well, of course, I watched the Tennessee Buffalo game. Uh, that was the local game, and you know it's just a, a, a terrible, predictable pattern with Tennessee right now. Um, they play a good game, but not aggressive enough to go out and win the game. <clears throat> so, they become, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, they they just become extremely conservative in the second half. And I think they don't, and even actually throughout the whole game, where you know they'll get a turn, a turnover on downs by the by the opposing team, but really don't go for the jugular to increase the lead. And week after week after week, that comes back to haunt them. So um, hopefully, you know, they'll begin to take the reins off of Mariota because he's shown that he's able to take care of the ball for the most part. And uh, make the right decisions. That that last interception, it was a poor throw under pressure. But um, I still like his upside. He he's played well. The defense played well. It, it's just going to be uh, a matter of time before they all gel together. But yeah, that was the main game. That's going to be a tough one too. They're going to have to develop players because I don't see anyone going there in free agency. You know what I mean? And it's a it's a tough. Is a tough market compared to some of the other markets. I mean, you can sell Nashville, but again, going back to it, you have to have that Titan type of guy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I I see that. I watched um, watch them call it. I watched the Cardinals versus uh, Detroit. Man, they <laughs> they put their hands on them Lions. They made them into house cats. Yeah, I, I think that said more about Detroit than it did about Arizona. We, I, I think it's, you know, we all know that Arizona is, is going to be one of those teams competing to get to Arizona <laughs> in, in, in February. But uh, Detroit, man, I, you know, like, I, I think I said it, you know, a week, a week, a week or two ago, um, Stafford ain't that dude, man. He's, he is not that dude. He's a Jay Cutler with a better attitude. That's a perfect. He's a Jay uh, Cutler with a better attitude. People like him. Uh, (laughs) And that's the difference. That's why people don't complain at the same level that they do with a Jay Cutler because they like him. Uh, Those are the things that they have to address. And I think losing Sue was a big loss. Um, Speaking of that, Phil been getting (laughs) fired. I mean, stuff stuff is real in sports now. but did you uh, get a chance to watch Green Bay St. Louis? No, that wasn't a local game. I, I really wanted to watch that game just like I wanted to watch the New England Dallas game, but it wasn't a local game. I oh. did keep up with the score. 
Uh, I think St. Louis played well. They just don't have enough to compete with the offense of Green Bay. I was about to say, no, they don't have enough to compete with Aaron Rodgers. Forget everybody. Well, exactly. Look, look, look. Everybody, Aaron Rodgers has had pieced together you know, people from his offense for the most part. And that's the difference between him and everyone else. He is just a magician. And, you know, it, this is coming from someone that worked for Chicago, that is a Chicago Bears guy from the beginning. I'm becoming a Packers fan uh, because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I can't say that. Man. I mean, Stop it. Stop I, it. I'm just hold telling on, you. <laughs> touch it, touch your forehead, and, and, and feel it to see if it's hot. I, I'm just now, telling you. You cannot say you're a Packers fan. I, I'm telling you, the way they, again, small market team, but big following, they develop their players. They usually don't get free agents. And, or if those people come, they come there and they stay forever. And Look, they're... You, res- you respect their organization. Man, <laughs> I go lie. I respect Aaron Rodgers. I am a... I, I, I like how they do things. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, too. I'm, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Don't, and I was a Brett Favre fan. So, but the, you, you never get me to buy a jersey or shirt or anything like that. But, man, they just do things the right way. And they show because St. Louis is a formidable team. I mean, St. Yeah. Louis, and I told you this before season. I said St. Louis is the one that puts fear in Arizona. They, The Cardinals organization never was as concerned about Seattle. You know, they know any given Sunday they match up well. But when they play St. Louis, they know that they're in a bar fight. And that was before Gurley was playing. Now you got Gurley playing, yeah. and you got them using Tavon in the slot and at, in the backfield, and you have to defend. And you got Cooks as a tight end. So you have to defend the field vertically, horizontally, and at the line of scrimmage. So every level, you know, that first, second level, third level, they're getting challenged, and or they're, they're challenging people. And so I'm like, yeah. wow. And, you know, to add it to that, let's not forget that they did force two interceptions and uh, and a fumble loss. Oh, yeah. And they don't have to blitz. They don't have to blitz. Just just rushing four, rushing four. And and they're they're creating havoc all over the place. You know, so. And it's the same group. They haven't went out and got uh, free agents. They've worked with their D line from their front seven from draft. Yeah. Their team yeah. is their up their front seven for the most part is built of people that they drafted and developed. And they're definitely up a team. Yep, and, and, and it makes a difference. But speaking of that New England Dallas game, did I, I did check that out, but I'll go to that next. But I watched Denver and Oakland. <laughs> and uh Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning had me cracking up with this whole or, or ordeal. In eighteen years he hadn't intercepted them and got two. <laughs> that, you know that that says something. That says something about the Hall of Fame character of of Charles Woodson, but it also says something about Peyton's arm strength and his ability, his diminished ability. But um, you know, again, uh, o- Oakland played a good game that they could have won. Yeah. Uh, a play here, a play there, you know, they're just, I, I don't know what's missing. I, I, I can't, maybe it's the running game, a uh, consistent running game to accompany Derek Carr. 
maybe another, you know, number one or number two receiver. But uh, they're they're just a smidgen away. And I think what it is, and again, they're a young group, so it is the cohesion and it is the running game. I think that uh, if they can get some better production out of the running game, I think that everything else goes. And I think tight end play could be key. Like if they get if they would have got Jimmy Graham, he would have been more suited for them what they needed to do. Uh, And I think that would have made a difference. Um, But, hey, they played a a good game. And Peyton, I mean, here comes the next question. Do you or do you not sit Peyton? No, you don't sit Peyton. Are you sure? You can't. You can't sit Peyton. Well, Peyton, Peyton. Look. How are you going to sit a guy? How are you going to sit a guy on a team that's five and oh? Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. I think that as they get playing some more, some better teams, he's going to get exposed even more. And I think, you know, Oakland, you know, that's a young team. Uh, who else did they beat? They beat the Bears, right? Uh, or uh, I forgot. But they haven't. They haven't played. played I th- yet. No, I thought that's right. Um, but my thing is. I'm just not the defense is just unbelievable. Unbelievable, but as the you start getting colder part of the year, I think Peyton gets exposed even more so than what he has already. Now, do you think um and and we talked about this I think 2 weeks ago, 3 weeks ago. Do you think it's the play calling? I think Do you it, think it's the it's the uh the sets? that uh, they're running. Uh, he looks a little bit more comfortable in a hurry-up type situation. You know, so I'm, I'm wondering if it's the offense that's the issue. Yeah, I, my thing think? is, and I'm not saying actually sit him. I'm just saying it's some people that is going out right now, that's the question. For me, when you kept him, when you didn't get rid of him in the offseason, you better do what he can do, <laughs> point blank. And understand there's going to be some limitations with it, and you just have to wait next year, Gary Kubiak, to run your system the way you want it ran. But to me, when you came in, you play them, but there's some limitations with them. And it's like, can you really tame a wild lion or a wild bronco in this case? And can they really get Peyton to tune in and dial in to say run more, things like that? I don't think you can. And so I think you live with them, you die with them, and you play them the way he needs to play. But understand, as the season goes on, I'm really concerned about, you know, his lack of arm strength, and that's highlighted more because of the base. His legs, he really got exposed last year. And so, uh, you know, once he had the injury. And I think that that's going to become problematic towards the end of the season. I just really do. I, I think he'll he'll finish the season. You know, we'll see what he does in the playoffs. If if it's anything like you know, two years ago in the Super Bowl, yeah, I think he's going to retire. But the question is, uh, does John Elway and Kubiak believe in Brock Osweiler, or do they have to go and get somebody else? I think they believe him. I think he'll. I think he'll be the guy. 
I mean, if he could run, I, obviously they like uh, with Kubiak's offense, he does better when he has a little bit better mobile quarterback, you know, to pull, you know, that backside defender, especially with the zone runs and things like that. I yeah, think, see, I don't know. I don't know if Osweiler is that type of quarterback, though. I mean, after watching him, you know, at Arizona State for a couple of years, I don't. He, he's a big guy. He's a big, stout guy. But in terms of mobility, you know, I'm, that's a question mark. If I'm John Elway, I'm cont- contacting uh, Green Bay and trying to pick up Huntley. <laughs> you know, who's sitting on the bench? <laughs> uh, I mean, now he he would fit. I think he would fit perfectly in what Kubiak wants to do there. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they'll be afraid to push that button. Yeah, I mean, thank God Peyton doesn't have to play against his own defense. Because <laughs> if, if he had to play their defense, we're not even talking about it anymore because <laughs> Peyton ain't playing no more. They are on everybody like white on rice. And speaking about uh, being on everybody, I got to go to this bathroom. So we'll be back. Uh, we're going to take a break. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lassiter's sports talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Leave the bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back uh, talking about football. I don't know if you guys were able to go out and check um, the Giants versus San Fran. Thought that was an interesting game, and hey, Eli found a way to get it done. But he's a character. I could imagine, you know, the com- comedian side of me is like, I don't know if I could take him serious in a huddle 
like when he's calling plays, because you know when that list comes in, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, even though he's about that life and he's going to help you get a game win, I'm just like, oh man. Because I just remember some of the people like in college that I played with and getting in a huddle, and sometimes we'd just sit there and just almost be in tears. But hey, he's a gamer, and a clutch gamer. Uh, and that's where I have to put it. Uh, Kaepernick has taken about, he looks like a D5 player right now, except for when he runs the ball. You know what? <clears throat> in, in Cap's defense, you know, I, well, let me come, I'll come back to Cap. Uh, what we're seeing from Eli is Super Bowl contending Eli. Uh, it's the Eli with the high pass completion percentage. It's a he. Uh, it's a Eli that's not turning the ball over, not fumbling, not making bad mistakes to put your team in terrible situations to to back up uh, field position. He's playing at an elite level right now, and I'm I'm not gonna you know again the question there's there's been this running debate whether elite is I mean I'm sorry Eli is elite or not. I'm not ready to answer that question. And I probably won't be ready to answer that question until he retires. Uh, and and that's well, that's the troubling thing. This man has been in the league for over ten years. We should have that answer by now. And we when you don't have that answer, and when you don't have an answer, I think it is an answer of itself. Uh, I will tell you this, Odell Beckham. <laughs> I mean, and I might just. Uh, Focusing on the one or two catches, he's a bad boy. Yeah, he's he's extremely skilled. He's he has an elite skill level, and and uh, and, and and just a knack to make the big play at the at the most critical time. And he, he's uh, he's projecting to be that dude that would like the cream of the crop for the Hall of Fame. He's uh, two, about to say, yeah, three years in. Like right you know, now, he's only yeah. Oh. Right now, you can like you can project him to be at that point when it's all said and done. Of course, God forbid any injury, but right now the plays that he's making, uh, the what he's bringing to the table, even knowing that the the your your uh, the defense is going to throw everything at you, he's still making plays. Would you put him in the top five right now of receivers in, in the entire? In the and, league? Yeah, like right now, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're thinking, dang, I got to face this dude this week, this dude next week, is he in the top five of those dudes that makes you say, dang, I got to work a he's, little bit he's, harder. A, he's in that top five. And I would he's, agree. He's definitely in that top five. And what I like about him is you could put him anywhere. You could put him at the X, the Z, you know, the H situation, or I mean the Y situation, when you take a tight end out, I mean, he's a guy that literally can line up all over the field and cause complete chaos. And I think that that is remarkable. Like you're seeing with Larry Fitzgerald now. Larry Fitzgerald was just an outside receiver in people's mind and even in his own mind. Now he's he's doing the thing in, a, in that slot position. And I saw him the other day. I mean, he laid wood into a linebacker. And as big as he is, he should. But, you know, some guys don't do it. But he's about that football life. He's going to do what it is to make his team better. And I think Beckham and 
I would like I, I saw some flashes with Amari Cooper, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Absolutely. Uh absolutely. And then the Monday night game, were you able to check out the Steelers and uh whatchamacallit? Steelers they <laughs> Big Ben and Bell, I mean Bell and Vic. Whew. I it was a it was a great, great game. Yeah, that that game, um, like I told you during break, that I didn't see much of that game because I was flipping back and forth between the Cubs game and, and that. But uh, I did catch the last drive that Vic put together, and you know, going off of you know what people were saying about the first half, Vic uh, took some shots. Oh yeah, dude, he he got, he got battered. Oh yeah, he got rocked. I will say this with the Chargers, uh, Philip Rivers is probably one of the most underrated guys. And I think it's the market he's in, um, but he he he's a tough guy. And you know, before I just never really thought of him. You know what I mean? Uh, just because where he is and where he plays. But you know, you get Antonio Gates coming off a of suspension, and he comes out there catches two, the same as that. Well. Oh man, he is a grown man. And just to think, he was not a football player. <laughs> you know, this dude is a future Hall of Famer. That didn't even play football. Him, you know, he's just posterizing. But then you go ahead and you get uh, Bell. Oh, my goodness. That boy's game is sweet. He has good feet, good vision, and he's patient. And that's kind of scary, too. Daddy's patient. And, uh, man. You know, the interesting thing uh, in the the post game when he was talking to uh, Ray and and Steve and uh, I think uh, was a Hasselback. Something that he said was he actually lost about 25 pounds in offseason just so that he could get quicker. Now, coming out of Michigan State, he was a pretty, you know, hefty dude, you know, but he still had the agility, you know, with that size. But now he's come down in size and he still has that. He's maintained that strength that ability to go through tackles, but it seems like he's even gotten quicker and oh. his lateral movement is off the chain. And, you know, Oof. so this dude, he's, he's an elite back. You know, we, we talked about uh, uh, Beckham, Beckham Jr. This dude is an elite back also, and we saw that on, on, on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I was just amazed with his vision. Like, you know, he was patient, you know, low, low pad level. And at the point of attack, when he lowers lowers that shoulder, stuff gets real for the defenders. Uh, But, you know, and kudos to uh, Mike Tomlin, you know, and Mike Vick. Mike Vick came in, understood his role. Big Ben is working with him, you know, because everybody, it takes a level of humility. Big Ben knows he's the man. Vick knows Big, Big Ben's the man. He just wants to be in a good team and a good organization. And man, he I think the fact that he didn't run all game probably put them to sleep. I mean, he was very pedestrian for most of the game. And then when that boy pulled down that ball and started running, all of a sudden it was like, oh, shoot, this is what I saw on a video game. (laughs) Yeah, he showed that he can say, you know, he's still he's not as fast, definitely not as fast as he used to be. But he, he definitely showed that he can put pull the ball down and get you chunks of yards. And that's exactly what he did. Like you said, he probably lulled the defense to sleep. 
you know, and it was just like the Red Sea. He put pulled the ball down and just ran for what forty, forty five yards or something like that. And that what was even more impressive than than that though was when he hit the tight end at around the five, mm-hmm. six, six five yards. That was on a rope on the money at the most critical time, and and throwing it into the red zone like that uh, showed a lot of guts. So uh, he he say he played well despite what happened in the first half. Yeah, I mean, he was very pedestrian in the first half, but the second half, again, a lot of times people forget that the beginning of the game is what you do at the end. And so he did it. And speaking of that, uh, for our Chicago peeps that are listening to it, guys, please don't get all uh, caught up on Cutler. We'll get back to that. But, uh, you know, the whole clock incident uh, with Pittsburgh, they win it. So I'm glad that they didn't get screwed over with that. Now we're going to go to Chicago. Jay Cutler is not a starting quarterback, <laughs> point blank. By by the standards of elite or starting quarterback standards, right now I would say he's the last one in his own division. Would you agree with that? I don't know, man. He's running neck and neck with Stafford right now. The difference is attitude. So – I mean, well, I think Stafford's team follows him still. Yeah, but right now, the Bears have two wins. Detroit has zero. And you can, as much. So who would you a, take? Uh, right now? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to make me answer this? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. As, as much. As much heat as I've brought on Cutler over the last couple of years, man, I, honestly, I'd have to say Cutler. Oh, my. Is uh, lightning going to strike? I'm I, looking up. Only reason why last week my brother, Brent, had uh, a post on his Facebook regarding, you know, for his fantasy, who do I start, Cutler or uh, whatchamacallit? And I'm like, had Detroit not been playing the Cardinals, I would have said, don't start Cutler. But because they did, I had I, I, I was like, well, just pick Cutler. But out of the two, Cutler is not my choice. Even though he and has that, more know, upside with running. And the thing is, I can't even argue with that. You know, I, that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically forcing myself to choose Cutler despite everything that I've said about Cutler. See, I, I just think right now, you know, Stafford looks so lost for some reason. Well, I think Stafford, I could work with him because of his attitude. I'll just have him hand the ball off and run it. Cutler, I don't even want him handing off the ball for my team. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just serious because, you know, Again, you the attitude kicks in, so I'd rather deal with a guy that at least everybody doesn't want to necessarily stone to death. <laughs> so, well, I mean, again, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I, I, I see, I totally see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, so it, it'll, it'll be interesting um, to see what happens, but I definitely, you know, congratulations, Chicago Bears, with your win. But yes, for those who believe different, he is not the answer. 
So we're going to go ahead and uh, go into break. We're going to get our picks. And uh, re- oh, before we do our picks, Reese is going to have a little talk about one of our Chicago teams. <laughs> we'll be back. Oh. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports surfing is taking the world by storm it's not just the sport itself but the culture that surrounds it from music to fashion art and competition surf talk show is the place that will showcase it all your hosts are jj and the doctor two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, we are back. We are back. Uh, so we're going to make our picks for this week. First game up, we have Washington at New York Jets. I am going with J-E-T-S. I'm going with the Jets also. Uh, now this, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> hey, now this next game is going to be a bar fight, and I think it's going to be uh, – play with a chip on the shoulder. Arizona at Pittsburgh. I'm going to be attending this game. I am going with the Cardinals at Pitt. And it is a tough one because I love Tomlin and all my people there. But I think AZ on a vertical game is going to get them. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. And the reason for that is I believe Mike is going to play with even more confidence. He gave one win under his belt. I believe that, uh, the balance between him and Le'Veon Bell, I, I don't expect him to run a ton, but just being a threat to run is going gonna, is gonna to be a factor. And uh, watch the deep balls also. Yeah, I'm thinking the Cardinals secondary with those deep balls, they'll love it. But that front seven, they create pressure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well and how fast Dwight Freeney gets acclimated. Um, and they, they're on this long, weak business trip. They're out there in Virginia. So I think AZ is going to do well. Kansas City at Minnesota. 
This is We're a tough. Yeah, this is a tough one, but I'm going to take Minnesota because of the injuries at Kansas City. Even though Niles is good, but hey, you got AP and uh, Young Buck. They're going to get it together. I, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo. This is going to be another physical game. I'm Probably the game of the week, but I'm going with Cincinnati. I think they'll get to six and zero. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati too because Tyrod is you know banged up and stuff like that. So and Cincinnati can run the ball as well as pass. Uh, next game, Chicago at Detroit. <laughs> wow. Hey, Detroit. Uh, Detroit's in the first one. I'm going with Detroit. This is a pressure week, so I think work gets done in Detroit. Denver at Cleveland. Do I need that? I'm going with Denver. I'm going with Cleveland. You know what? Tell me why. <laughs> you know, man, let, let me tell you something, man. I, I've been, ever since Josh McCann was in Chicago and he put up those, you know, pretty good numbers in Chicago, I, I became a, a Josh McCown fan. Now, he went to Tampa. It really didn't work out there. Uh, I, I believe that he's in the right place at the right time, and last week wasn't a fluke. I think he's caught lightning in a bo- bottle again, and I believe he's going to put up big numbers again, even against Denver's defense. And will Denver's offense be able to put up? Because, mind you, Cleveland has a very good defense. I agree. Joe and Hayden. they apply a lot of pressure. So I'm picking Cleveland. Yeah, I think Denver's going to spread them out a little bit, and Denver's front seven will be an issue for McCollum to stay vertical. I think he's going to have a long, horizontal game looking at the bottom of God's feet. Uh, (laughs) I never thought this team would be as bad as it is right now with the quarterback carousel, but we got Houston at Jacksonville. I still believe in Houston, so I'm going to stick with them, but Jacksonville are trying to – they're – at that point where they're playing a little bit better ball, but I'm going to go with Jack or Houston. I'm going with Jacksonville. Oh, we're just total opposites. Miami at Tennessee. I like to fill the rah-rah get with Gipper with Coach Campbell now, but I'm going to take Tennessee at this one. Uh, you know, they could be playing an emotional high, but when you play on an emotional high, any little thing that throws that off, it starts to diffuse the whole thing. So, I'm going with Tennessee. I'm going with Tennessee also. I, I believe they know that they're just, you know, a player or two away. Yep. Uh, Carolina at Seattle. At this point, Seattle has to get a dub. And I think that playing at Seattle, uh, everybody knows the pressure's on. So I'm going to take Seattle. They, they got to get a dub this week. This is a very tough game right here because I think Cam knows that it's going to be tough sledding all day. And he may try to take over with his legs and make plays with the legs. I'm going with Carolina in a very close game, like 17 to 16. Wow. And we're just polar opposites this week. San Diego at Green Bay. I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is going to do the thing. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bad boy, but yeah, I'm going with Green Bay. And plus, San Diego is on a short week. Not like that would have mattered anyway. Uh, Baltimore at San Fran. I'll say because they have some stability at Baltimore, and I'm sure Harbaugh will probably do this one for his little brother. 
<laughs> or big brother, little brother. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. Colin didn't have a terrible game against New York the other night. I think he's he's, he's putting some things together. I'm going with San Francisco you at to, home. I'm telling you, you got to look at the man in his eyes. You got to look at his body language. He doesn't exude court, uh, confidence that he once did. So, but this Baltimore defense isn't the same Baltimore defense either. No, it's not the same. But they're still they're a little porous, but they're not as they're not terribly bad. Uh, next game, New England at Indy. <laughs> boy, oh next boy. Game. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Man, I think Belichick is going to say, what defensive tackle has not scored a touchdown yet catching the ball? <laughs> Man, they're, they're going to put up Baylor TCU numbers in Indy. And I, I hate to say that. They're, they're going to take out all of their vengeance and wrath on Indy. Everybody is fired in Indy. At Lucas Stadium, they might get uh, the Jeff uh, or the uh, treatment—the treatment that they did at USC, except for they at home. So they they just gonna be in a parking lot, and they gonna get that Pat Hayden. Hey, you fired, dog! <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be ugly. Uh, and then we have New York at Philly. I'm going with the New York Giants, football Giants. I'm going with Philly at home. Philly at home. Needless to say, it's a lot of good games this week, man. There's a lot of good games. I'm gonna have to charge up. Toss-ups. Yeah, I'm gonna have to charge up my iPad so I can watch the game. And I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that you know, back in the day, our big movie buff and Michael J. Fox and them, you know, made us aware through Back to the Future that uh, 2015, the Cubs was gonna do the thing, race. Cubs are doing a thing. Well, I'm I'm very impressed, man. And this is you know coming from a White Sox fan. Uh, uh, long story short, you know I grew up in the North Suburbs, as you know. Grew up in North Chicago, Manchester knows. And uh, I remember being a youngster, and all they showed on TV on WGN was Cubs games. They didn't show White Sox games on, on WGN. It was on Sports Vision. Remember Sports Vision? Mm-hmm. And I used to try to watch Sox games when the TV was scrambled, you know, because I want, you know, I wanted to see the other Chicago team. And I remember, you know, as a youngster driving down the, you know, Dan Ryan looking, you know, through Chicago, the loop, looking at the tall buildings, skyscrapers. And when we get to the south side, you know, looking out the back window at Comiskey. And that's what made me want to go to architecture school, by the way. So I grew up a Cubs fan. But I was, I, was like, I was always inquisitive about the Sox. Um, but the tables turned in 2003 when Dusty Baker was fired. And I thought it was unjust. Uh, he, you know, the team suffered because Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor couldn't stay healthy, and they got rid of Dusty Baker. So from that point on, I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm, I'm specifically a Sox fan. But what the Cubs are doing now is absolutely amazing with these young guys. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And look, I don't know if they can be stopped right now. Hey, I don't know if they can stop. Everybody get hit, getting a home run, getting it in. Hey, got to give love to them. But Reese, it was a good show. We're going to be catching up. I'll, I'm actually headed to Chicago and then to Pittsburgh. So uh, we'll be, I'm, the, I'm the fly jock. So uh, we'll be talking. Hey, thank you all for tuning in. 
and go Renegades. I got to tell you, that's my new team. We'll talk about that next week. Hey, have a good one. All right, peace. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.